Praise the Lord. Okay. Oh, I want to. I want to start in Ezekiel here. Remember, uh, if you, um, I'm not going to give too big of a recap, but I'm going to give some here. Just remember, uh, this is uh, that's far enough right there because that's the Bible starts right here. <clears throat> Genesis book of beginnings, of course, and then all of a sudden, I mean, it's just drama. I mean, real. It's by the time you get to the sixth chapter, the flood. And then there's nobody left but uh, uh, Ham, Japheth, and uh, 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 whatever the sons of uh, Noah were, those three. Um, and Noah and his family, so they start over again, repopulating the earth. Okay, then you, then you uh, a few generations uh, into that, the, the 11th chapter, uh, is a fellow by the name of uh, Nahor. Nahor's sons were, and Lamech, Anyway, anyway, those two brothers, their sons, or whatever, grandfather, grandson, that, and that's Abraham. And then, boy, it's Abraham from then on out. All the way, 50 chapters. Genesis is 50 chapters. The last chapter, oh, they're down in Egypt because it was famine in Israel. And then Joseph, he's the vice president down there. Everything is great. Well, then everything went down fast because when you start out Exodus 1, it's Moses. Anyway, you know the story. Moses gets them all out. And then here's these three books about the law. But it's, it's basically, it's historical in there. Things that took place between, between, uh, ex, between Egypt and the Holy Land. Anyway, when Joshua comes on, they go into the Holy Land. And it's short-lived. I mean, they all basically, they're worshiping idols after Joshua says, As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Why do you have to say that? Because people were just bent on acting like the Egyptians, worshiping the sun god and all these other gods. And God told them in the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt have no other gods but me. It's not like, well, gee, God, you're being hard. Everything was, they were worshiping a piece of wood. Oh, heal me. You any better? No. If they would just worship God, God would heal them. Moses stuck his hand in his vest like Napoleon. God told him to. Pulled it out. Leprous. He told him, stick it back in there again. And it was well again. And uh, <clears throat> Miriam, uh, Moses' sister, come down with complete leprosy. And she was healed within a week. You know, praise the Lord. God will take care of you. It's not that, well... I'm the kind of God, the Lord says, that you can't ever depend on me, but I sure want you to quit sinning. But you can't ever depend on me. That is, that's what we get in our American culture today. We don't want to say God will do anything. You know, Yes, He will. He wants to tell you He will do things. Praise the Lord. The book of Jeremiah, uh, just to pull something out here, uh, he's, he was one of the prophets here. Where is he at? Right here. Jeremiah. He was speaking during the times of these kings, because this is short-lived right here. You get down here, you have Jesus, and that's if the time frame is pretty quick. Uh, this is about 4400 B.C. You carry on down here to about when the kings start hitting around about uh, 1100 B.C. before Christ, and this only went to 600 B.C. right here, and then from 600, you're, you're only 600 years to Jesus. And it all fell apart. The Roman Empire took over. But anyway, these are just prophets that spoke during the time of these kings right here. But anyway, let's get back to this. So one of them I want to look at this morning is over here in Ezekiel. And uh, <clears throat> let's see something right here. And I'm going to go to Ezekiel 34. And uh, in Ezekiel 34 here. Let's start here. Then the message, then this message. Uh, let me close this down just a second. Ezekiel 34 verse 1. This message came to me from the Lord. Son of dust, prophesy against the shepherds. The leaders of Israel say to them, the Lord God says to you, woe to the shepherds who feed themselves instead of their flock. 
Shouldn't shepherds feed the sheep? Now he's talking about the prophets and those. There were a bunch of terrible prophets. They were saying, yeah, everything's going to be good. Yeah, it don't matter if you worship idols. It's okay. The Lord's going to rescue us from Nebuchadnezzar. No, it wasn't going to happen. Nebuchadnezzar was coming and going to take over. And it was because Israel was worshiping idols and some other things they were doing wrong. Okay. So anyway, he says, woe unto you shepherds, because you're not warning the people. You know, anyway, you haven't taken care of the weak. Now, these are some points here. You've not taken care of the weak, nor tended the sick, nor bound up the broken bones, nor gone looking for those who've wandered away. They're lost. Instead, you've ruled them with force and cruelty. So they were scattered without a shepherd. They have become prey to every animal that comes along. Now, the Lord's kind of upset about this. Now, there's some little things you can pick up about this. You know, notice this right here. They've become prey to every animal that comes along. The Lord will protect you from all animals, wild or whatever. I mean, we all find ourselves sometimes in a situation where you've got a dog nearby. <laughs> that may not be too friendly. The Lord will take care of you. And there's other things, too. Melody was telling me, she was the other day, and I mean, I, I remember growing up, it, 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 you can watch TV programs and wind up seeing a show about a bear mauling you or whatever, and you can think, oh my goodness, the, the Lord will protect you. I'm telling you, He will. So anyway, they were, were scattered without a shepherd. They were prayed, every animal that comes along. My sheep wandered through the mountains and hills over the face of the earth, and there was no one to search for them or care for them. Now, why did I single out the 34th chapter of Ezekiel? Well, this happens in... Uh, uh, Let's see. This happens also in, uh, in Jeremiah and Isaiah. What's happening is, remember, uh, Je- Ezekiel here. Let me back up and uh, show you a piece here just a second. Uh, let me back up just a little bit more. We'll be 33. I'll oh, do it this way. Hang on. Uh, look at this. Here's a hint, Okay. This is a, like a news report, okay, and it tells you when. In mid-February, the 12th year of Jehoiakim's captivity, that was the tail end of the kings. Egypt actually installed this king of Israel to be in charge. I mean, that meant Egypt already wiped them out. They took all the silver and the gold. Nebuchadnezzar's fixing to get all the rest of the silver and gold and fixing to clean Egypt's clock. This guy was nothing but a puppet, okay? But he was the last of the Israelites to be king. Oh, what's wrong? They were worshiping idols, throwing their kids to the fire, sacrifice. It was terrible. Okay, so anyway, now you know that Ezekiel, what he's talking about here. But now in the midst of all of these prophecies, all of a sudden, you're going to go, hey, wait a minute. That's about Jesus. Yeah, Isaiah did the same thing. Isaiah was preaching at the time of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was like great-great-great-great-granddaddy of King Jehoiakim. So in other words, about 150 years before this king. And uh, Isaiah was around, but there were still a lot of bad things going on with these kings. Hezekiah just wound up being a good one. Okay, now, so here we are. So uh, watch what happens here. All of a sudden, in the midst of all of this, uh, you guys are toast. Nebuchadnezzar's coming to get you and whatever. All of a sudden, you'll see a prophet talking about somebody that we know about real well. It's Jesus. And here it is in the story. Notice he starts out and says, you shepherds are worthless. The Lord's my shepherd. Isn't that right? You're going to actually see that portion in here in a minute. Watch this. Uh, So he says, you're eating the best of the food. You wear the finest clothes, but you let your flock starve. Boy, the Lord... I would, if I was reading this, I'm like, well, Lord, does that mean you're going to feed me? If I, yeah, Jesus even taught that. 
He said, consider the ravens. The sparrows, they don't toil or whatever, and God feeds them. Okay, wait. So uh, he says, therefore, shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord, you have abandoned my flock, leaving them to be attacked and destroyed, and you were no real shepherds. In other words, they were saying, it's okay to worship idols. It's okay to do all this other kind of stuff. No. He said, uh, <clears throat> he says, for you didn't search for them. You fed, the, you fed yourselves, let them starve. Therefore, I'm against the shepherds, and I will hold them responsible for what's happened to my flock. I will take away their right to feed the flock and take away their right to eat. I will save my flock from being taken for their food. For the Lord says, I will search and find my sheep. Now, where have I heard that before? He leaves the 99, goes after the one. Oh, let's see what else we got here. Let me skip down a little bit. Okay, so he says, uh, I'll search and find, I'll be like a shepherd looking for his flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places they're scattered in that dark and cloudy day. I'll bring them back from among the people in the nations where they were. See, they were going to be scattered for 70 years and they came right back. They did. Anyway, uh, let's see. To their own land, and I will feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers where the land is fertile and good. Yes, I'll give them the good pasture on the high hills. Uh, of Israel. Now I want to lead up to something. Man. There shall be showers of blessing. Guess what? Here it comes. That's where it comes from. They will lie down in peace and feed in luscious and mountain pastures. Well, that's the 23rd Psalm. I myself will be the shepherd. Hello! Ezekiel, I thought you were telling all these people about all, uh, Nebuchadnezzar coming. He was. But he was also speaking of things about the Jesus coming, the Messiah coming. He said, I'm going to be their shepherd. And I'll cause them to lie down in peace. Well, that's where you and I are today. So you should say, wait a minute. If you're having trouble today, it's like Myrna was mentioning a minute ago. Worry's not going to help you. You need to roll those burdens over on the Lord. Because he said he would make you as his sheep lie down in peace. And that's not when you get to heaven. You're going to be peaceful up there. I mean, come on. You're already out of this place. You're going to be somewhere else. The Lord says, I myself will seek my lost ones, those who strayed away, and will bring them safely home again. Boy, I just like the way the Lord says safely. I don't have to worry about getting in a car and somebody, you know, killing any of us. Praise the Lord. Look at the next part right there. Let me skip down a little further. He says, I'll put splints. Well, I don't believe in healing. <laughs> Please. That's the reason people got so distracted with idols. Because the idol wasn't healing nobody. So they just assume that God don't do that. Oh, ridiculous. I'll seek my lost ones, those who've gone astray. I'll put splits, bandages upon their limbs and heal the sick. I'll destroy the powerful fat shepherds. I, I will feed them. Yeah, I'll feed them with punishment. Now, these are the guys that were leading everybody astray. As for you, oh, my flock, my people, says the Lord, I will judge you and separate the good uh, from bad sheep from goats. Now, remember, you're a sheep. Quit thinking you're going to be a goat. We're going to notice in a minute that the worst of us, you know, uh, is still have God's mercy. All we got to do is just trust him. It's a small thing for you, O evil shepherds, that you not only keep the best of the pastures for yourself, but trample down the rest. That you take the best water for yourselves and muddy the rest with your feet. All that's left for my flock, what you trample down and all that's left they have to drink is water that you fouled. Therefore, the Lord says, I'll surely judge between these fat shepherds and their scrawny sheep. See how the Lord's protecting his sheep? This is you and I. He's protecting us. These shepherds push and butt and crowd my sick and hungry flock until they're scattered far away. So I myself will save my flock. No more will they be picked on and destroyed. And I'll notice which is plump and which is thin and why. 
and I will set, here it is, I'll set one shepherd over my sheep, even my servant David. See, Jesus is the son of David. He shall feed them and be shepherd to them. See, David's already dead and gone. He was one of the kings, you know, 250, 60, I mean, about 300 years prior to this. All right, let's see what's going on now. That's the end of that one. And I, the Lord, will be their shepherd, and my servant David will be prince among my people. I, the Lord, have spoken it. <clears throat> I'll make a peace pact with them. L look at this. And drive away dangerous animals from the land. Praise the Lord. If you want to go hiking or whatever and you forget your pistol and whatever and you're, oh my gosh. That friend of mine tell me that he was with his dad long, too long ago. This was a long time ago. And uh, he said, his dad said, son, he called his name. He says, and he, his son, they were hunting. And his son had a 20-gauge shotgun. He says, when I tell you to, he says, look between my legs on the ground and I want you to shoot on three. Well, he looked down and there was a timber rattler coiled up, hadn't even done anything, standing between his dad's legs. And anyway, he said, are you ready? And he goes, no, dad. He says, do I fire on three or do I fire on four? And he says, on three. And so on one, two, and he shot and his dad jumped at the same time and killed a snake. Well, well, suppose we ain't got the timing right. Suppose we don't have a 12 gauge. He'll keep you safe from the dangerous animals. Everyone, uh, every one of us in this room should know without me having to help. Psalm 91. Psalm 91 tells you he will save every one of us from disaster. If everybody around you is falling out, he'll save you. Remember a thousand at your side? I say one, two, three, four, five, six. Not a thousand. Then he says ten thousand at your right hand. It'll not come nigh you. And he mentions snakes in that 91st chapter. So anyway, he'll keep you from the dangerous animals so that people can live safely. Look at this. In the wildest places, and here it is, sleep safely in the woods. You ever woke up one day and realized you didn't lock the front door? I have. Basement door is wide open. Sometimes we'll leave a door wide open. Praise God. Don't worry. Praise the Lord. I will make my people and their homes around my hill of blessing. Here it is. And there shall be showers, showers of blessing. Well, I wonder when that's going to be. Well, during Ezekiel's time and these kings, it sure wasn't happening then because Nebuchadnezzar was on the way. Now, interesting point. Jeremiah, this is Ezekiel. Ezekiel was told to tell these people if they would change, things could stop. But they wouldn't stop. They wouldn't stop. But anyway, let's finish this part out. Notice this. This is us today. They're fruit trees and their fields. Uh, well, anyway, let's see. I'll make my... Where are we go? For I will not shut off the rains, but send them in their seasons. Their fruit trees and fields shall be, yield bumper crops. And whoever profiteers at their expense shall know that I am the Lord. Praise the Lord. No one will ever... Excuse me. No more will other nations conquer them, nor wild animals attack. I mean, I think we get it now about the wild animals. Don't we? Let's don't forget that. I don't know if God will help you if you've got a dog that turns on you. Yeah, he will, too. He will. I know my mother's not here this morning, but, but she had a cat one time. This was a couple of years ago. And it was growling next to the window. She tried to get that thing to cut it out. It was aggravated at another house, and that thing latched onto her head right here and would not let go. A house cat latched onto my mom's head would not let go. <laughs> well, of, of course, we know it did. But you know what? You know what a house cat could do with those back feet and stuff. And she just barely got scratched right up here. And she got that cat off. And since then, if it wasn't for her, I was going to finish that cat off. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but you can look at my mom today and, and she'd just be able to tell you that story. And that thing did not wreak havoc 
all over her face or nothing. <clears throat> but anyway, let's keep going. So no more with other nations. The other. You're going to live, you live in safety and no one shall make them afraid. Praise the Lord. And I'll raise up, look at, here it is again, the third time, a notable vine, the Messiah, okay, in Israel, that my people will never again grow hungry nor be ashamed by heathen conquest. In this way, they'll know that I'm the Lord, their God, and I'm with them, and that the people of Israel are my people, saith the Lord. You are my flock, the sheep of my pasture. We heard this before. Uh, <clears throat> that's Psalm 100. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Okay, David wrote that 300 years ago. Okay. You are my men and I am your God, says the Lord. Praise the Lord. I wonder what the Lord will do for me. Well, he just gave a whole chapter on what he would do. Now, I want us to go back up to another fellow that was prophesying during this same time frame. It's Jeremiah, and it just so happens to be 44. Now, uh, let's. I want to show you the, the vast difference here between people that were wanting to listen to the Lord. And, and uh, let's see. Here's Jeremiah. Now, God already told Jeremiah that this was going to happen. But I just want you to see the difference. And you'll notice, hey, that's not me. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Jeremiah. This message God gave to Jeremiah concerning the Jews who were living north of Egypt. Now, they'd already escaped. The other ones were went off to Babylon. They went up north with Nebuchadnezzar. The rest of them went down to Egypt. But they drug all their gods with them. Now, this is what the Lord was upset about. So, Jeremiah, God gives a message to these guys. The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, You saw what I did to Jerusalem and the cities of Judah because of their wickedness. They lie in heaps and ashes without a living soul. For my anger rose high against them for worshiping other gods. Oh, that neither they nor you nor any of your fathers have ever known. I sent my servants, the prophets, to protest over and over and to plead with them not to do this horrible thing I hate. But they wouldn't listen, and they wouldn't turn back from their wicked ways. They kept right on with their sacrifices to these gods. In other words, taking their little kids, throwing them in the fire. <clears throat> so my fury and anger boiled over in fire upon these cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. And there's desolation unto this day. Now the Lord God Almighty, the servant of the, of the God of Israel, asked you, Why are you destroying yourselves? For not one of you shall live. Not man, woman, child among you has come here from... Uh, Come here from Judah, not even the babies in arms. For you are rousing my angers with the idols you've made and worshipped here in Egypt, burning incense in them, causing me to destroy you completely and to make you a curse and a stench in the nostrils of all nations. Man, they wouldn't let go of these idols. Now let me skip a little bit further and uh, I want you to see their response. Uh, he goes, have you forgotten the sins of your father, the sins of the kings, the queens of Judah, your own sins, the, king, the sins of your wives? I mean, they would not stop this. Anyway, look at this. Then all the women present and all the men who knew that they had wives that burned incense to idols. It was a crowd of all the Jews. They answered. Look what they said in verse 16. We're not going to quit. We're not going to listen to false messages from God. We're going to do whatever we want to. We're going to burn incense to the queen of heaven. And we're going to sacrifice her as much as we like. We as just as our fathers did and our kings and princes have done in the city of... That's the reason they lost their nation. For in those days we had plenty to eat. We were well off and happy. Oh, it was going downhill fast. But ever since we quit burning incense to the queen of heaven and stopped worshiping, worshiping here, we've been in great trouble and been destroyed by sword and famine. Oh, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. 
Let's go back to Daniel. Anyway, uh, Jeremiah just keeps telling, look, until you guys figure out <clears throat> there's only one God, you're going to be in a heap of trouble. Daniel chapter 1. We're not going to do that. Remember, that was, that was when Daniel had to interpret that dream where he's going to lose his life and he did it. Oh, no, actually, that was Daniel 2. Daniel 3 was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I don't want to go Daniel 3 again. But this here is a fantastic story right here. <clears throat> this is Nebuchadnezzar. He's king of all the world right now. Now, God had raised him up because of Israel's troubles. Okay? Well, watch this. Now, this is, this is, this is written by Nebuchadnezzar. Now, we're going to see him in heaven one day. Watch this. This proclamation of Nebuchadnezzar the king, which he sent to people of every language in every nation of the world. Greeting. Now, look what he did. He sent an email out to everybody. And he's giving a praise report about the God of heaven. Now watch what he does. I want you all to know about the strange thing that the Most High God did to me. It was incredible. A mighty miracle. He had a praise report. And now I know for sure that his kingdom is everlasting. Isn't that right? He reigns forevermore. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living in peace and prosperity. When one night I had a dream greatly frightened me. Now this is the second dream. His first dream was in chapter 2. And Daniel interpreted it. Okay? For him. This is another one. I called in the wise men of Babylon to tell me the meaning of my dream. But when they came, the magicians, the astrologers, fortune tellers, wizards, and I told them the dream, they couldn't interpret it. At last came in Daniel, a man I named Belteshazzar. Notice this, after my God. That's why he's called Belteshazzar there. Okay. The man whom the spirit of the holy gods is, and I told him the dream. Old Belteshazzar, master magician. Well, of course, David's playing along. Well, okay, call me what you want. Okay. Now I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and no mystery is too great for you to solve. Tell me what my dream means. I saw a very tall tree out in the field growing higher and higher into the sky until it could be seen by everyone in the world. Now remember, Daniel is on his staff. Daniel is also the highest ranking staff member to Nebuchadnezzar. I've worked with some people that I thought were, I mean, well, they were my bosses and whatever and I thought they were way up and most of them have got senses of humor i mean they they're not all stiff necks some of them are but most of them not and i can't imagine nebuchadnezzar and daniel were just stiff necked whatever so let's watch what happens here he says tell me what my dream means okay its leaves were fresh and green its branches were weighed down with fruit enough for everyone to eat wild animals rested in the shade and the birds sheltered in the branches and all the world was fed from it then I lay there dreaming. I saw God's angels coming down from heaven. He shouted, cut the tree down, lop its branches, shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Get the animals out from underneath it and the birds and its branches, but leave its stump. You remember if you've heard this story, this, 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 it's just a stump there. And roots in the ground. Banded with a chain of irons and brass surrounded by the tender grass. Let the dew of heaven drench him. And let him eat grass with the wild animals. For seven years, let him have the mind of an animal instead of a man. For this has been decreed by the watchers, demanded by the holy ones. The purpose of this decree is that all the world may understand that the Most High dominates the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he wants to, even the lowliest of men. Old Belshazzar, in other words, Daniel. That was my dream. Now tell me what it means. Well, let's see what Daniel does here. No one else can help me. All the wisest men in my kingdom have failed, but you can tell me, for the spirit of the holy gods is in you. That's Nebuchadnezzar. He doesn't know really who God is. He said, you got the spirit of the holy gods in you. 
Then Daniel sat there stunned for an hour, aghast at the meaning of the dream. It's not like he's going, well, you know, I'm stuck. I don't know. You never know if Jesus really wants me to interpret it. Daniel knew he would. The king said, hey, listen, I know you're on my staff and whatever, and I could have you killed, but listen, just tell me what it means. You're going to be all right. Don't be afraid to tell me what it means. Now notice what Daniel says. All that the events foreshadowed in this dream would happen to your enemies, my Lord. He said, I mean, I wish this was going to happen to you. For the tree you saw growing so tall, reaching the highest of heavens for all the world to see, its fresh green leaves loaded with fruit, all to eat, the wild animals living in the shade, and the branches, la da 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 That tree, your majesty, is you. Now remember, Nebuchadnezzar sent this out in an email to the entire kingdom. Why? He's just testifying, just like your life is testifying of the great things Jesus is doing in your life. Because watch what happens here. He said, King, man, that's you. For you've grown strong and great. Your greatness reaches toward heaven. You rule to the ends of the earth. Then you saw God's angel coming down from heaven saying, Cut down the tree, destroy it. Leave a stump in the roots surrounded by the tender grass, banded with a chain. Da, 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 da. Okay. Your majesty, the most high God has decreed, and it'll surely happen, that your people will chase you from your palace, and you will live in the fields like an animal, eating grass like a cow. Your back will be wet with the dew of heaven for seven years. Notice this will be your life until you learn that the most high, it's almost like, well, God just, God just brings you up to bring you down. No, you're going to see what Nebuchadnezzar did. We could all be guilty of this, but we're not going to do it. We're going to learn from Nebuchadnezzar. And that's why Nebuchadnezzar sent this out to everybody. So anyway, but the stump and the roots were left in the ground. This means you'll get your kingdom back when you've learned that heaven rules. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, listen to me. Stop sinning. Now, what was he doing? Do what's right. Be merciful to the poor. Perhaps even God will yet spare you. Boy, that's an important tip right there. Anyway, but all these things happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months after this dream, I was strolling. Remember, he's talking, Nebuchadnezzar. I was on top of my palace, just minding my business. On the roof of my royal palace in Babylon, saying, I, by my mighty power. Oh, that's where he's messing up. There's really no such thing as Jesus. I just got lucky. When I was working on my dryer the other day and I dropped that screw in there, I just got lucky. I just, I, I'm just lucky. I'm the luckiest guy in Huntsville. Josh, you're lucky too. You're smart, really. You went to Korea. Joy, you're smart too. You, on your own, you've raised these three kids. How wonderful it is to be so smart like you. Fred, you've done all the things you did by yourself. You didn't, there's no such thing as God. It's evolution. The planet's been here for millions and billions of years. It's, it's just our culture that has to assume there's a Jesus. It's not real. Oh, brother. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar sent this out to the known world. But now remember, in that dream, Daniel said, you're going to get your kingdom back. But this is where Nebuchadnezzar bloated. He's up there strolling around. He's going, man, my kingdom is something. I am some sort of hot rod. I am so cool. I did all this. Oh, mercy. See, that's where he was blowing it. Anyway, so anyway, um, I did all this, and, and the beautiful city is my royal residence and the capital of my empire. While he was still speaking this word, a voice came down from heaven. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, uh-oh. This message is for you. You're no longer ruler of this kingdom. You'll be forced out of the palace to live with the wild animals in the field, to eat grass like cows for seven years until you finally realize God parcels out his kingdom of uh, kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he chooses. That very hour, this prophecy was fulfilled. This goes quick. Watch this. Oh. Nebuchadnezzar was chased from his palace. He ate grass like the cows. 
His body was wet with dew. His hair grew long as eagle's feathers. His nails were like bird's claws. Now remember, how in the world is he ever going, we ain't hired him back as king. Oh, yeah, he is too. Why? We got lucky. No. God. And you're always going to get back too. At the end of seven years, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven and my sanity returned. And I praised and worshipped the Most High God and honored Him who lives forever, whose rule is everlasting, His kingdom evermore. All the people of the earth are nothing compared to Him. He does whatever He thinks is best among the angels of heaven as well as on earth. No one can stop Him or challenge Him uh, by saying, what do you mean by doing these things? When my mind returned to me, so did my honor and my glory in my kingdom. My counselors and officers came back to me and I was reestablished as head of my kingdom and even greater honors than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven, the judge of all, whose every act is right and good. He's able to take those who walk proudly and push them into the dust. Now what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now remember what uh, Daniel had said right here. Oh, uh, Daniel had told him, uh, well, let's, let's just go over here just real quick. Let's do this. Oh, uh, and I'm on close. Uh, what are we going to do? What was going on? Go to Micah 6 here. This little guy here. Well, actually, let's, let's, let's find out. When was this guy talking? Notice this. These are messages to Micah during the reigns of Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, the kings of Judah. During that time, he was trying to warn them. Look, you guys are blowing it here. What are they supposed to do? Well, he wrote it down here in the sixth chapter. Notice this. No, he's told you what to do. Let me scroll this up like see it. He said, look. You know what you're supposed to do. Be fair. Be just. Be merciful. And walk humbly with your God. Well, how can you walk humbly with somebody who's not there? Just like we're all doing. When you're in trouble, you ask the Lord to help you. Now, here you go. One last place. One last place. Oh, right there. Quicker with my mouse, but this will work. Luke 18. What are we going to do? Well, see, this guy here is just like Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, he responded to that right way. Uh, 18. I passed it. Yeah, right there. Verse 10. Two guys go to the temple. One was a proud, self-righteous Pharisee. Well, that's like Nebuchadnezzar. Except this guy ain't going to repent. But look at the other one. The other one was a tax cheat, was a cheating tax collector. The proud Pharisee prayed this prayer. Thank God I'm not a sinner like everyone else. Especially not like that tax collector over there. I never cheat. I don't commit adultery. I go without food twice a week and I give to God a tenth of everything I earn. But the corrupt, no, look what they call him, corrupt tax collector. That's like Nebuchadnezzar. I've made mistakes. He stood at a distance and dared not even lift up his eyes to heaven. He prayed, but beat upon his chest in sorrow. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned to his home forgiven for the proud will be humbled, and the humble shall be honored. And Nebuchadnezzar sent that letter out to everybody. I tell you what, wouldn't you be in shock? You lost your kingdom, and all of a sudden, you're out there grazing like a cow, and all of a sudden, God puts you right back in there again. 
Man, it's never over with, praise the Lord. Our brighter days are ahead of us no matter what. God's going to take care of you and I. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. If we're not feeling good, just like we read in Jeremiah uh, 34, you'll bind up our wounds and you'll make us well. We just thank you for it. If it's financial, you'll take care of that. Lord, you own all the money. Praise the Lord. You'll get it to us. Or if it's something not related to money or, or healing or anything like that, Lord, whatever our problems are, you'll just fix them because you're so great. Hallelujah. And that didn't leave anything left but for us to act like Nebuchadnezzar. We're going to send out an email, send out a notice to everybody that our great God has put us right where we are today and is blessing us tremendously. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right.